This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Hustlers. Front hook. Ankle hook. Knee hook. Come here, you can do the carousel. Just switch and wrap. Minus 40% is 160. I just want to take care of my grandma, maybe go shopping every once in a while. When I was a kid, I always wanted to work with animals. <laughs> I was close. These Wall Street guys. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. The game is rigged, and it does not reward people who play by the rules. But it's like robbing a bank, except you get the keys. Are you in? These are my coworkers. Jobs, please. What if somebody calls the cops? And says what? Woo! I spent $5,000 at a strip club, send help. Ha, damn. Uh, We're a family now. Ha, damn. Uh, a family with money. Uh, ha, damn. And when would you say that things got out of control? She must have liked it. I was born a flex. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like more than sex. But nothing in this world. I like more than jets. We didn't do anything wrong. You know, Tony wouldn't let this happen. I'm going to text him. Who gave her her phone back? Alright everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Hustlers and the story is as follows. Inspired by a New York Magazine article by Jessica Presler that went viral, former strip club employees band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. The film is starring Constance Wu, Jennifer Lopez, Julia Stiles, Kiki Palmer, Lily Reinhart, Lizzo, and Cardi B. It is written and directed by Laureen Scafaria. Join me for this podcast review. I have Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Ryan C. Showers. Hi, everybody. Dan Bayer. Work the clock, not the cock. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we're starting. All right. Great. (laughs) And I am Matt Neglia, uh, which is something I'm going to start saying now because I never introduced myself on these. I noticed. (laughs) And people apparently, um, yeah. But in any event, though. So, Hustlers, 
lot of hype for this one. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say leading up to TIFF. I feel like the reaction leading up to TIFF, uh, based on the trailer, was one of, eh, okay, you know, let's wait and see. Maybe a little bit of, oh, let's see what Constance Wu is doing post-Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, but I didn't really get the sense that this had a level of excitement and hype around it. So to much in all of our surprise, this film landed like a bombshell at TIFF where it just blew up and everybody's raving about it and everybody's saying how great it is. And now next thing you know, the buzz generates, it's doing well at the box office and the reactions continue to keep pouring in. So with that said, let's get those reactions going. I pass it off first to Casey Lee Clark. What did you ultimately think of Hustlers? Yeah, so I think I think this trailer to, for this, I want to start off talking about the trailer because I think that clouds, I think my judgment of going into the movie, but I think this trailer sells it to something that I don't fully think it is, which I think is a good and bad thing. Like for me, I saw the trailer and I was like, I don't think this would be really my thing. Like I don't, I don't know. And then the reactions came out about it and I, everybody was seeing it and they wanted to be part of the conversation, whatever. And I also heard that Jennifer Lopez strips to criminal. And I was like, excuse me, (laughs) come again. Um, And I, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I had such a great time. I think that I think it's so much more than just the stripper movie. And I think that obviously the trailer sells it to be a little bit more commercial than it is to get butts in the seat and it's working. Um, and I think that it had a lot of heart to it and it was a lot more dramatic than I was expecting. I think the performances are great, particularly Constance Wu and JLo. Dear God. <laughs> I think I like the act one of this movie when they are... 2007 strip club moment the most just I think the music cues and whatnot but I think the the rest of the film is still very good and yeah I think I'd probably get more into like critiques and whatnot later on but overall I had a a much better time than I expected yeah I had a blast with this I mean Mm -hmm. my audience had a blast with it it was funny it was emotional it was stylish and slick and thrilling at times and most importantly of all I really, really understood these characters. Yeah. I understood what they wanted. I understood why they did what they did. I understood how they did it. And I understood the aftermath of it as well. And that created for me what felt like a full cinematic experience you know it's like we describe that sort of thing when it's like more profound or um, like a technical achievement or something like that but in terms of getting all you could want for your dollar at the movies on a friday night hustlers delivered and then some and i also say one more thing i i went to the twelve fifteen showing today and it was almost sold out Nice. I had people on both sides of me. And it's funny. I'm normally like a stickler for movie, like phones coming out in movies. The girl next to me pulled her phone out and started recording JLo's big strip scene. And I was like, oh I can't God. fault her for this. I'm like, I'm not even that mad. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah. All right. I now pass it over to Dan Bayer. Dan Bayer, what did you think of Hustlers? Well, I was at TIFF when this premiered there and it sort of got the most gigantic buzz. Um, Everyone was talking, you know, give JLo an Oscar. It's amazing. Lorene Scafaria should direct everything. And I got really excited about it. Like 
as if I wasn't already excited by the trailer, um, you know, because it just looked fantastic. And I didn't, I didn't see it at TIFF because I knew that it would be open basically right when I got back. So I, you know, I just decided to spend my time at TIFF elsewhere. And then I got back and people started seeing it in theaters, not at the festival. And they were also, it's amazing. JLo should win everything and all this. And so I went to see it and I was really hyped up and I was really excited for it. And I don't think there has been a film that has been a bigger victim of overhype this year. Oh, huh. Um, wow. I, n- not that I didn't enjoy it. I did. <laughs> I enjoyed it very, very much. But in the end, I just thought it was good. Yeah, no, I, I think I know where you're coming from with this. I, yeah, I, this I isn't like... going to make your top 10. No. It's not going to be one of the defining films of the decade or anything like that. It's a solid studio movie. Right, exactly. It's solid. It's good. And like, I mean, Lord knows the solid, <laughs> well-made studio films are, you know, we should be thankful every time Dime a dozen, of those yeah. because we get so little ones that are actually as good as this. But at the same time, like, I, people were really hyping this up to be better than the average, and I just like, I it's fine, it's well, good, it's enjoyable. It just never became anything more than that for me. Yeah, I, and I can understand too where that comes from, just in just in regards to like festival hype. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think you know, I think we all fall victim to it at some point, and oh, we yeah. also fall victim to listening to others. Um, do it at some point as well and I, I could see that I, I also could see how you maybe went into this Dan thinking it was like maybe a um, like a best picture or best like you know well no I didn't even go in thinking like that but I did go in thinking like okay I'm going to really love this like maybe not top 10 but maybe top 20 of the year mm-hmm. and it it is not coming close to that Okay. You know, Dan, also, you were kind of seeing this movie amongst all of these big end-of-the-year players, too. So I do think, you know, well, maybe I, perspective, <laughs> like... I mean, by comparison, I, maybe, yeah. Possibly. I had a, a week, almost a full week detox <laughs> between yeah. my last film of TIFF and seeing this. I think there was, okay. it was like six days. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's fair. Okay. Okay. Um, I think there's something to be said, though, for the overhypeness, though. Maybe, maybe. Because yeah. uh, I, I did hear people, like, saying, especially from me when I saw it, I, I you know, my belief, and I'll, I'll equate it to one thing about the movie. I think Jennifer Lopez's performance is good enough to be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. I don't think she's winning an Oscar. No. But the reactions yeah. were so enthusiastic mm-hmm. that it led me to believe that this was, like, yeah. you know, the cool. greatest thing ever. And the reactions know? to it even after the the TIFF reactions. Like the reactions from people who were seeing it, you know, in preview screenings here or in seeing it opening night here and stuff well, like that. And, and now that we got a grounded well-rounded you know different perspectives here let's let's hear from ryan because i know he's going to defend it and i know he loves it and I, I i like that we have different levels of like here so ryan 
Well, I feel like I, uh, to, for, for me, the, it, there wasn't a lot of pre-hype. I felt like it was a very abrupt kind of thing. Like, you know, it just came out of nowhere. And uh, the level that's of how I felt, for, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think maybe that contributed to my um, my appreciation for it. Like I, you know, the the Rotten Tomatoes and the Metacritic score just kept going up and up. And it was in the eighties, and I was like, oh my god, you know. And I kind of saw it quickly right after the reviews started pouring in, and all the buzz came out of TIFF. And um, I think it just it, it hit me like a bus almost, you know. I and I wasn't prepared to love it as much as I did. Um, I kind of I walked out of it thinking this is the type of movie that people will. It's like so audience friendly, but there's so much to study technically and kind of study socially about the movie that this is the type of film that will be the topic of like film essays and for like you know intro gen, general elective college courses. Well, yeah, because there's um. Uh, I, I'll, I'll make another comparison here. I think it's better than Magic Mike. Yeah, no, I think there's a bit of Magic Mike in there. Oh, I disagree. I think Magic Mike is better. I know Magic Mike has its fans. Totally understandable. <laughs> uh, but, Ryan, I think what you're getting at in terms of the essay bit, I think that was the part of it that I liked the most. For example, um, I really, really love that the Jennifer Lopez character, Ramona, kind of takes this whole idea of we're going to drug the Wall Street guys mm-hmm. and we're going to rip them off because we got to make a living and we got to get money and they're no longer coming into the club anymore like they used to and that's not fair. And like what they did to all these poor people, you know, anyone going to really feel sorry for these guys? Basically, that mentality of I'm going to take advantage of people for my own benefit is exactly what the Wall Street people did. Yeah, And there's a bit of a you know, uh, what's where what's where I'm looking for here? Um, hypocritical, like kind of a take there in terms of what she starts off doing. Obviously, is for the right intentions, but it just ends up being this uh, this circle, if you mm-hmm. will, yep. uh, that needs to be broken. And I I definitely think there's a very very interesting perspective there, especially also because the movie's not told from her perspective; it's told from uh, Constance Wu's uh, perspective. Destiny, what a name. <laughs> Destiny. Well, I, I know it's Dor. I know it's Dorothy, but yeah. I'm just saying. But like, there's something especially postmodern about this movie that like it draws on so much and it's so self-aware and it creates like really great technical moments, like the scene where um, there's no sound towards the end. I thought yeah. that was so cool. I was like, Oh wait, are you talking about the um, the, the recording? recording? Yes played over uh, the, yeah the recording where she turns the tape recorder off i was like oh my gosh this is so cool i'm yeah. just having a ball <laughs> but you know before again you mentioned magic mike and i do think there's a bit of magic mike in there but also like um one movie that no one's talking about um as a comparison is molly's game and i think it's so oh. much molly's game like the editing the pace the yes. the fun you know even like the the topic the the hustle kind of this you know well I think secret. I think people are equating mm-hmm. that to um they're they're using uh, I've I've heard Goodfellas. a lot of people throwing yeah Goodfellas a lot in terms of the slick stylish filmmaking uh that you know someone like Scorsese would use but I I like your comparison there to Molly's game a little bit more there uh Ryan because this movie has a lot of energy to it yep. it moves at a clip there's like no wasted moments the editing 
from uh, like the narrative framing device of Destiny telling uh, the story to uh, Julia Stiles' character, uh, the journalist who's uh, writing the article about the scam, and how we keep cutting back and forth between that and also getting some uh, revealing bits of uh, character moments, both with the present uh, Destiny and in the, the past Destiny as well. I, I really, really like how the movie is able to play with all of this and mm. have fun with it and make it very engaging for the audience. There's a couple of obvious like montages, which, you know, are part of the course for this type of a uh, story. And there's some great musical moments too. There's yeah. so the, many great music The moments. montages in this are amazing. And the soundtrack is perfect. It's really Jimmy great. Jimmy Moore moment is my favorite. I have to say, I, I love that song. What the hell is that name of that song? Um, I love that song, Royals. Oh, right. By, by Lord. But yeah. my God, was it used so, so well in this movie. And having oh. people wearing that Juicy Couture sweatshirt with the crown so on the back. I loved it. Oh. Or, and, you know, like, no, the music is perfect. And you know, you know what else? You know what other movie this reminds me of is American Hustle. From of course, the music and the montages <laughs> and the topic. Like, you know, you if, like I said, I tweeted out. I said, if you put Molly's mm. Game, American Hustle, Goodfellas, and Widows into a blender, you get this movie. And I ate up every minute of it. I thought the direction and the editing had so much life to them. I never really liked J Lo as an actress. Maybe I just haven't seen her good movies. I I've hold on, wait, 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 like, back up, back up. You haven't seen Selena or Out of Sight. I saw Out of Sight. The Boy Next Door. I need to, I know, I, I know, I I need to catch up on her. But like, I, I saw it out of sight a long time ago. I don't really remember it. I'm, I'm going to catch up now. I want to see Selena. Um, but I was blown away, like, of how charismatic she was, how she has inhabited the character. Like, the yeah. scene where you talked, you just talked about Matt, where she talks about the Wall Street guys. And, you know, I, I thought that scene in the coffee shop was her best moment for me. The best moment for me was outside the courthouse uh, yeah. with her in Constance Wu. That was Wu. the scene that sealed the deal for me. That was the Goodfellas, yeah. you know, that was the Goodfellas, why did you do that, Karen? You know, <laughs> like, it's that moment of um, just, you can feel the heartbreak um, and the friendship between these two in that moment from her perspective, mind yeah, you. Uh, for Destiny, it obviously comes a lot earlier than that. But that's that's the thing, too, that the movie like did for me that I was like so, so impressed by. Was it really, really got me invested so much in the friendship yep. between these characters. Now, admittedly, and this is where the movie gets a little bit of a knock from me, um, the supporting characters... Didn't really feel it so much. I'd agree. I didn't really feel characterization. I, I got more caricature stuff out of them than anything. Oh, this one always vomits all the time. This one's the one who can't keep her mouth shut and is always spilling the beans <laughs> about everything. You know, but the uh, but Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez, I think, have very, very well-rounded characters that get a lot, a lot of meat to play with to make their scenes emotional and deeply empathetic. That when those scenes happen later on in the third act, and I mean... Destiny is concerned about what Ramona like thinks about her after all this time and everything. It's oh. it's very you feel it. You really really feel it because at the end of the day, Destiny's just a character who wants to feel connected. She wants to have friends. She wants to yeah. you know be a part of something. I two two things that um it's like one is um I think Constance Wu is better in this movie than J Lo, um and. Two, I I actually didn't become all that invested in the friendship between those two characters because 
we're clued in at the start of the movie that they're no longer friends. That makes it all the more tragic, Dan. I agree. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, I agree. But I wasn't that like it. It works in terms of story, but I was never really invested in these characters because I already knew where it was going to end up. It was Again, all it was tragedy. interesting, but not emotionally involving for me. I don't know. I, I think because Constance Wu just has this um, quality about her that makes her extremely likable and relatable. I, I kind of want to just give her a hug. And so when she's being hugged by Jennifer Lopez in this huge coat. I got that far. I want to feel the warmth of that. I want to feel the warmth of that for that character throughout. I want her to feel held. I want her to feel valued. I want her to feel loved. And throughout this movie, I was on that character's journey with her through the highs and through the lows, even when, and this is like a fear of mine in life in general. Could you imagine, like to all of you, could you imagine if like your best friend started doing something that you knew was morally like wrong and just how insanely conflicted that would make you as a result? It, it just like, I have yeah. lived it. Yeah, Yeah. I I am living it. I mean, my best friend and I, we do morally wrong shit all the time. I'm just joking. joking. (laughs) Do I need to call the cops, Ryan? What's going on? (laughs) Hey, you know what? You do what you got to do. And that was the other thing, like, with the whole framing device, I just spent the whole movie wondering, like, well, what, what happened to destiny between the end of this con and now that she is living in this rather posh suburban life but that's what keeps your interest in like your your uh, the end point that's what keeps you going to that and i think no i agree and then like they completely skipped over that part i I agree i agree with dan and we don't get an explanation as to why i i agree with that i think act one of this movie is so strong and then i feel like act two there's a lot of repetition and they get kind of bogged down in things and then act three they kind of speed things up and i think what happened is the fact that this movie was shot in like march yeah. In like 29 yeah. days. And the fact that it's coming out now, I'm like, what? That they well, like, I feel like there's probably like, I think if this had a longer post production, could have been more fine tuned in the editing room and stuff. Or even if there was like some more fine tuning to the script and stuff, I think I could, it would have taken it from good to really great in my yeah. estimation. Yeah, I agree. One other thing too that was kind of pulling me along with the story that I was genuinely curious about, but it turned out to end up being really not much. I I, I always got the impression that there was an angle with the Julia Stiles character, like for like like I I got this like impression almost that she was that she was posing as a journalist and she wasn't really a journalist maybe, or she was digging deeper to uncover something that would incriminate them more or I don't know just something because there definitely seemed to be a lot of tension in those scenes between her and Constance Wu um, especially where Constance Wu was like I'm sorry why are you asking me about this and like things of that nature Mm -hmm. but no she just turns out to be a good journalist who's just genuinely curious you know what I mean I I didn't really read into it the way you did but I I understand what you mean Um, and again maybe that's something a part of the film that just doesn't entirely 100% work well, I think it. I think it actually comes full circle then when she calls her later. Yeah. Because she's calling her, I think, for two reasons. One is she wants to know what Ramona obviously thinks about her because that's what the dialogue says. But I also think she's calling her because she doesn't have Ramona in her life and she's lonely. 
Bingo. And I think she feels some sort of a connection to this person, even though it's not yeah. clearly a friendship thing. Like it's like a person that she's opened up to whether she wanted to or not. So she yeah. inherently knows all these things about her. So she could. Exactly. Like, yeah. And she's just looking for a connection at that point. And I and I think that's what's so strong about how the movie ends. And I do. And I left wondering if, if these two characters would ever reconnect. And, you know, I'm hopeful that they did. But, um, you know, Casey, to your point about the way that the movie, I, I wouldn't st- I wouldn't go so strictly by the first half and second half. I think the movie does a very a, a really great job into Act Three, but where it where it didn't work 100% for me was sticking the landing. I don't think that it so- sorts everything out in the climax to perfection in the I ways that, that the first 80 minutes were perfection, like it was just from the montages, the style, the vision, the energy. And the characterization, I thought it was just beat by beat. I had no problem with anything until like they started sorting out the the last 10, uh, 10 15 minutes, and that's where it went. It went down a num um, a rating number for me. Um, sadly, where it's not going to be so high in my top ten, it may still make my top ten at the end of the year. But if it had just landed the climax just a little bit better, I think that's that's the weakness of the film. I can agree with that. But I want to just say, though, even though that that is true and I, I like honestly, like I'm telling you, that's like a knock I have against the movie. I've got like little tiny things, but when everything else is firing on all cylinders like it is in this and there is a degree of expectation, which we talked about at length here that I think also factors in maybe a little bit with it as well. Hell, I think if the expectations are too high for anything, uh, you're not going to meet them. So this applies to all types of movies. But let's 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 call it like it is. We saw this as a commercial movie that had strippers and Jennifer Lopez, whose career as an actress has been spotty at best. So we were all a little hesitant about this one, you know, to a certain degree here and there until the reaction started pouring in. Speak for yourself. Okay, fine. I was not not hesitant about this at all. I thought this looked like a fun time at the movies. And that's pretty much what I got. But then I think it's deeper. I agree. I think, but I, I also like, there was a chunk of girls that had sat right near me in the movie theater that were in the bathroom the same time as me after. And like, they were, I think one of them, all I heard was the line where like, it was good, but I like girls trip more. Like the fact that they're like equating this with girls trip is an interesting Mm. (laughs) like dichotomy. That was like, so that's what I feel like this movie's selling. And it's more, I think it's way more of a drama than I think that trail or whatever let on, which is not a problem, but I think that like, yeah, no. like there's definitely parts in that second act where like, I could see like the people around me that wanted the fun movie that were kind of like bored. There are some like really dark moments in this. I mean, like when she has like the blood stain on her shirt and she's taking her kids to school and everything. I, that scene. I yeah. love that scene. Yeah. <sighs> you know, one of the, one of the other things too, that like I, I, I was really, I was, I was super, super annoyed by this was I was really, really annoyed uh, by I'm going to criticize my own people here. I was really, really annoyed by the male reaction to this movie. Really? Super annoyed by it. Absolutely. Well, what is the male reaction to this movie? Yeah, I'm curious. The male reaction to the movie is, why are we sympathizing with people that drugged a bunch of dudes and took their money? Um, because the dudes deserved it. Exactly. No, I'm just <laughs> saying that. That's what's so annoying. It's obvious. But like, you're getting all these people that are trolling the movie on like IMDb and things of that nature, and it's it's fucking bullshit. Are we shocked yeah. though? It's like, really? 
Um, but if, then if it was a movie with like male characters that were doing this, like like Goodfellas and things, it's not a problem. Well, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I think is Wolf Wall Street, I think is a better example yeah. where it's like deplorable behavior is celebrated, mm-hmm. and I think you're getting. You know, and also to a certain extent, I'm I'm not going to, you know, downplay it, but Wolf of Wall Street had its critics at the time as well. Didn't really do that well, even with critics that, that much. Uh, but Hustlers, I think, is like the opposite end of that, once again, where it's like characters that we get attached to that do bad things. Uh, we're still on this journey, though, because the movie has a moral compass at the end of the day. It does. And it's not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, saying, ha, 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 look how great life was. There, no, there is a rise yeah. and there is a fall to this movie and there's an equal balance perspective there. So anyone that wants to write a bullshit review or troll the Internet or be a complete dick about it, that's all you're doing is being a complete dick. Like, this is Ooh. not the, um, um, this is not that kind of a movie, you know? Thank How, you, Matt. However, oh. like, I have to say, I think, and oh god i'm i'm you know screw it i'm gonna step in it i feel like a lot of the initial reactions to this movie were and like somewhat justifiably so but a a little kind of embarrassingly so they were yes j-lo yes queen work and that is also not a great way to review a movie. Okay. There is, there is so much more going on here than just JLo being a diva. And like, like, honestly, I think it's fine to praise a movie, like a praise a performance in a movie, but there's so much more to a movie. And I think it does both the movie and the potential audience a disservice to boil it down to this one thing and praise it to the I haven't just for that one thing. Yeah. And you know, I don't think, I mean, I know that JLo is the face of the the praise of this movie and the discussion of it, but I do think people are appreciating it for the well-roundedness. And yes. I think it just depends on raising my hand right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if you talk to like people who don't really watch movies or engage with them intellectually, like the, like, like we do on this podcast, like <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't get those reactions, but that's fine. I mean, they're enjoying the movie and they're getting something out of it. I, I think that, you know, Matt, I'm really glad that you are harping on the the moral compass of the film because um, I, I think it's so important. And I think this the movie's song, strong sense of humanity and um, the, the morality is what sets it apart from a film like The Wolf of Wall Street, why this movie works for me, whereas that one didn't. The, the morals in the strong sense of right and wrong are indelibly in the movie. And, you know, uh, even like you, you hit on something really profound earlier too. Like, I feel like during, even whenever there are good times, even like at the beginning of like the second half of this movie, where they're starting to drug these guys, like they're, the characters look like they're having fun and like it, it's kind of fun, but they're not really like, it, they know it's bad and they know it's, they're feeling shitty. Like I think Constance Wu even has a line where she says this was the last good night whenever, um, yeah, yes. uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's profound. There is a lot of depth here. And, I mean, you know, she, that character is the moral compass of this movie. But like, Ramona it's, has it's her built own moral compass it. too. Like, I, I would argue that Ramona's moral compass definitely start, like it's there in the beginning. Um, but I definitely think it gets completely lost by the end, uh, because, you know, things obviously get taken way too far. She gets sloppy. Too many people and get involved. The, the victim becomes the victimizer. Right. Well, it's that because it's that whole idea of greed. 
right? Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about uh, what happened on Wall Street, obviously, unchecked greed. And what happens here? Unchecked greed. Yeah. I mean, who's going to stand up to who's going to stand up to Ramona? Yeah. <laughs> She's a force of nature, you know. <laughs> Especially because also too, like nobody wants to stop the ride because from Destiny's perspective, if she were to say something uh, forcefully and draw a line in the sand and say no, like I'm done with this, so too might also end her friendship and relationship with Ramona. Yeah, and she doesn't want that to go away. It, it almost becomes then this bit of why can't things go back to the way they were before? And it's like, well, they can't because the way they were before, we were strippers in a club and nobody's going to the club and spending the money like they used to spend anymore. So they, they basically they take a route that is completely morally wrong, even though they justify it to themselves and in an effort to keep things going as the way they are instead of accepting the reality and getting that retail job and then working harder and adjusting life circumstances and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Well, and this movie does a great job of showing how shitty and how hard life is and how, like you said, Matt, it's really difficult to adjust to change. Like you can't ever go back to the way things were, you know? Yeah, one minute you're dancing with Usher, the next minute you're folding clothes at a gap, you know? (laughs) And whenever she goes back to the strip club, I mean, it's, it's a ghost town. So, you know, whenever, so it's, uh, the movie has a lot to say. Yeah. That scene with Usher. And like, can we talk about how technically savvy this movie is? And I think this movie's so slick direction. Like, it yeah. just yeah, the cinematography. Oh. Yeah, oh, it's gorgeous, and, and it's like, edited so well. Yeah, edited. and I think there's a Mostly. lot of it being directed by a woman, it being from the female gaze. Of I feel like it's not like a lot of these like quick cuts. Let's get very good close ups on her tits. Like it's nice. Like <laughs> it, yeah. it's and it's showing like it's not. Yes, they're sexualized, but that's because they are sexual people and they are being seen that way. And it feels like it's coming not from like a voyeuristic, weird place. And it always. No, it's an occupation for that. And it always, it never, it feels, there's levels of glamour to it, but it also kind of feels just like, like it's showing you a lot of like, like, even like in the first scene. There was, uh, there was definitely, I, I could imagine, uh, I'm not saying like, I know, I, I don't know of this, but I can imagine that there are people who are going to go see this movie because it's like, oh, let's go see the stripper movie, you know? And then they're going to walk out and there be like, guy right next to me. Yeah. And then they're going to walk <laughs> out and be like, uh, there was a, uh, there was a lot less tits in that movie than I was expecting. A lot, <laughs> a lot more, it was a lot more serious. It was a lot more serious. It's uh, so funny yeah. you say that because I noticed something whenever in my movie theater, I went, I, I sat down and stuff. Then I went to the bathroom and as I came back in, I saw no couples, like no heterosexual couples. I saw groups of like, like young men or like a dad and his son. And then like a groups of like older women and then a, then groups of younger women, like just like friends. Like it's it, so I think that really says a lot about the, the way that the movie's being marketed and why it made so much money. Like it's appealing to different groups for different reasons. It's but, a movie for everyone. You know, <laughs> no, really. I, my screening was practically sold out and was so diverse in terms of age, gender, ethnicity, sexuality. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. I kind of talked before about like the cinematic experience and part of that is obviously watching the movie, but another part of that is also the audience that you watch it with Mm -hmm. and to have this kind of communal experience where it wasn't just a single demographic. I, I, I didn't think of it like that before, but now that I hear you guys say it, I realized that was my experience as well. It was totally different types of people in the movie theater watching this movie. 
and all reacting in a positive manner to it. You know, the laughs that came, uh, they were there. It was funny. Like there's that baking scene where they're, you know, cut and they're on the floor. (laughs) Great laugh out loud moment. Uh, There were moments that were genuinely emotional and there were some gasps uh, from the audience at times when things started to go wrong in certain scenes. I mean, when Jennifer Lopez made her made her appearance in, in the first scene on stage, my, my theater just erupted in applause. Open, uh, J-Lo's first scene is pretty remarkable. Like, I feel like it took everybody's breath away. Like, I was like, I had chills. Like, yeah. it, she like stops the room. And then I like how, <laughs> how there's not many cuts to it and because you, you can fully tell like, this is not a body double. She is actually doing this. Those and it's just muscles. Like, oh. Work, girl, work. Like my mouth, my, my jaw uh, was dropped the entire time. I'm just she's like, 50. I'm 29 years old. I wish I had it, her body. I, oh. God. She's absolutely. God, she, she just looked amazing. She looks amazing throughout this whole movie. She but, does. She's, and everyone does. And like the, the, the charisma of yeah. this cast. Oh my God. Like yeah. I, you know, that every, and that's the thing, like everyone in this movie is so charismatic and so in tune with each other that like, it's very easy to vibe with them and vibe through it and like be on their level. And I think that's sort of an underrated strength of this movie is how like these, every, basically every one in this cast is just they have locked in and they grab you and take you along for the ride right with them and that's part of the reason why i think it's so easy to sympathize with these ladies and with what they do because Mm -hmm. there's that instant connection that only comes from this kind of ridiculous movie star charisma and everyone in this movie is just like bleeding it from their pores it's incredible well yeah. I can i, I can i say help. one thing that kind of tags on to what casey said a minute ago mm-hmm. about um the having a female director i yeah. think that this is like the quintessential ex- movie that we can point to whenever somebody says oh well you know there is no difference between having a man and a woman behind the camera like it just it, there, there's no difference it doesn't matter like this this would not be the same movie had a man directed it, even the woke. It would have been striptease. Like, yeah, <laughs> like Dan, had you had you or I directed this movie, it, it would still not be. It would have been nearly as personal <laughs> or whatever. It, it's. It, I think this is. It's so important that there was a female director, and like it's. Yeah. You know, in a in a couple of years, we'll look back and we're gonna. I think this is a. This is kind of like a. This will be like a, a big thing to look back to. I think. I hope so. I mean, it's making good money, thankfully. I feel like for every studio thing directed by a woman this year that has not made money, we finally get we finally get one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, I think about the the movies last year that we had so many different movies released last year that were directed by women, from you know Destroyer to Mary Queen of Scots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some people think, oh well, you know, can you really tell that was directed by a woman? Where you know, what's the difference that isn't so subtle? I think this one, this is a perfect example. I just don't want people to start saying, well, this movie was better because it was directed by a man on the flip side. No, no, no. But this is, given the subject matter and the expectations and the the the, the topic of strippers, Yeah, it's so important that it was directed by a woman. And it was just brought to life in a different way. Yeah, yeah no, I 100% agree with you on that. I definitely think that if this were told uh, from a different perspective, uh, you might still get the slick 
direction, you know, the editing and, you know, stuff like that. But inevitably, we would, I think, be looking for uh, criticisms. Yes. I, I think we would instinctually be looking for them and we would find them. Yeah, we would. Inevitably. So what I do want to do right now is I do want to uh, toss it over to final thoughts, uh, great out of 10, and then we'll talk about Oscar potential for the movie. So final thoughts, anything that we did not talk about that you want to mention here? Casey, I toss it to you. Um, Constant Wu's awful bangs. No. Um, <laughs> I kept waiting for that hair to get better. As good as she is, the bangs are. Terrible. <laughs> and like there's so much time passes you think that there'd be like a little bit of a hair change because it's like and she even has bangs in real life but they look a lot better than those ones and I'm like what's happening and i get in the beginning because it's like 2007 and she's got the pencil thin eyebrows i'm like okay all of this is making sense i see this world the music there's some great music cues in this and i know we talked about it but i don't think we've talked about it enough <laughs> particularly Give me more into love in this club. Perfect. 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 The Usher scene, I was cracking up laughing. And I don't know why. (laughs) Because I'm just like, yeah, of course, he just shows up. The sight of J-Lo and Usher, but but him being him and J-Lo not being J-Lo, that definitely, like, that was a trip. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think if I had any other thoughts besides, yeah, I think that, the female direction. I think I noticed that a lot in certain things. I think that, like I said, the performances are great. I love everything has this like purple hue to it that I love in the color palette. And I think that I had so much fun, but I also, I left with the, my heart was kind of sad for them. And I also like, I think that that moment when they, when she's like, well, what did Ramona say about me? And they cut back, um, and like to her interview and there's stuff that's said in there that I like did not expect to not only cry, but have like a lip quivering. Uh, I might sob in the bathroom after this movie's over kind of cry. Oh no. Wow. I, I just like, it caught me off guard of like, Oh, like sometimes you can just assume that if a friendship ends with someone, they don't fucking care about you and they never cared about you and they might. And that's kind of like, Ooh, like that's a lot to take in. But I think so. Like I, I left this movie surprised at what I got from. I got more from it than I expected, and I think that that's great. I give it, I give it a seven. I feel like I'm right at a seven. Okay. I think that feels. I feel comfortable with that. All right. But I had fun, and I'd recommend anybody seeing it. Cool. Ryan. Um, I've said a lot of what I need to say. I'm, I'm very happy for this movie for all of it, all of its success. Um, I think there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I think it's just as much fun as it is technically savvy. Um, I I think JLo's great, and my um, grade is an eight, which may seem a little low considering my enthusiasm. Um, but I did have problems with the way that it stuck the landing. Um, but I I do expect this to be in or on the edge of my top ten. So, all right, all right, Dan. Um, in case you couldn't tell from my intro to this here podcast, uh, my favorite part of this movie, I think, was Cardi B. And that was completely unexpected. I Give me a J-Lo, Cardi B, buddy stripper road comedy or give me death. I thought the scene where they're teaching Constance Wu how to give a lot dance was hysterical 
and the best thing in the movie until the the scene with J-Lo and Consensu outside the courthouse, which honestly, like, and that's sort of my my big thing about this movie. Like, it got better as it went along. I thought J-Lo got better as it went along. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that scene was sort of the, like, the bestest movie was. Um, it, And I think there's a lot of things in there that, I, and I kind of hate to say it, but there's a lot of complicated, subtle emotions in there that you only get with a woman director, writer, and star. I I just do. I don't think men are on that wavelength most of the time. And I, I I'm here for sisters doing it for themselves in making the movie and in the actual story. And um, I really like that aspect of it. I just wish that I wish that I loved it to the level that a lot of other people do, but I am, I am actually with Casey on this. I'm at a seven. I had a blast with this movie. I really, really did. Uh, Two things uh, that weren't brought up that I'll just bring up really, really quickly. There was a character in this movie. His name is Doug and Doug just utterly ripped my heart out in a scene where he is begging them over the phone begging them uh to take back what they did to him and we see a similar scene play out earlier where sorry i'm hitting my microphone over here where jennifer uh lopez is like you know this is what you say to them over the phone and you don't like give them a chance you know and the blah 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 and everything and you know and then they're gone because what are they going to do? They're going to go to the cops. They're going to go to their wife, you know, and say, oh, I spent $5,000 last night on these uh, strippers. And no, he does. And and he does. But that that actor, it is very, very brief amount of screen time, literally broke my heart because of how sincere and genuine he was being. Okay, okay so that actor, and I have, to, I have to jump in here for my NBT people. Um, that actor is Stephen Boyer, who got a Tony nomination for the play Hand to God a few years ago. Oh, right. He, that's he, what I knew him from. <laughs> he he's also on TV in Trial and Error, and he is one of the most ridiculously, insanely talented actors I have ever had the pleasure of seeing on stage. And I'm so glad to see him in roles like this because, like, oh god, he's amazing. But like I'm saying, in in regards to what I was saying before about feeling the weight of what these uh, characters that we love we love these characters but feeling the weight of what they're doing is ultimately wrong came through very much so in that very 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 brief amount of time from uh this actor whose name i'm gonna memorize now and committed to memory here steven boyer yeah all right so i'll i'll remember him dan remember that name he is gonna be big we'll see um the second thing i also want to bring up too is uh, i want to bring up the christmas scene which was the scene for me in the movie that was, let's slow down the narrative for a brief second here. Let's take a moment to catch our breaths. Let's take a moment to just simply live and breathe with these characters at a moment that is them at their happiest. And let's just, let's just let that settle in for a little bit. You know, I really, really liked that the film did that a lot. And the way that Kiki Palmer says Louboutins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i also like jennifer lopez's reaction to uh uh dorothy's grandmother oh my god <laughs> yes. who is this woman why have you not introduced us before <laughs> frankie valley 
Breaking Bad. <laughs> that was priceless. Oh my god, I loved that. That was great. Yeah, I loved all of that. That was that was really really fantastic. I'm at an eight out of ten on this one. Yay. <laughs> Alrighty, so Oscar potential. There's been talk. I think the talk is J Lo. I think it ends with J Lo. Do you guys think it extends beyond J Lo? No. For Oscars, no. Okay, so we're looking at J Lo in Best Supporting Actress. Constance Wu would be the lead here. And what do we think? Because right now, as of today, I have her in. Me too. I can see her in. I oh, I think yeah. that I won't say it's a weak year because I think that's a disservice to other actors. I'd say it's a less crowded year. So mm-hmm. far. So far. And I think that that I think word of mouth, I think, you know, her being who she is, I think that it's a strong enough performance to warrant it. I just get grossed out by the thought of old men people in the academy watching this movie and being like oh yeah these girls are gonna take the tops off like i'm like even though it's not that i'm just like i'm just like i think that's my like i'm worried about it getting in kind of a thing you know like i watched this movie and i i it's so not the academy's taste at least on the surface I, I worry about it, and specifically with her performance, like it reminded me of um, something like I of like Nicole Kidman's performance in The Paperboy. It's so ballsy and outrageous, and it's just not the Academy's cup of tea, even though she's amazing in it. Um, but the, the 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 difference is this is making a lot of money, and it is kind of yeah. it's a big deal. You know, like, think about had Widows made money last year, where it could have gone. Like that's I true. Think I think that I think that there is potential for her. I don't. I think she's going to have to work work her butt off to get there. But in a weak year like this, yes, I think it can happen. Remember, too, weak so far. I mean, outside yeah. of Laura Dern, Annette Bening, and like, what else are we talking here? Zhao Shuzen for the farewell, Octavia Spencer for Loose, and those are iffy, right? Yeah. Well, Octavia Spencer and Loose is. I was. I think you know, on a quality level, I think J, um, J- Lo's performance is my second favorite per, um, supporting actress performance of yeah, the after year Octavia. after Octave. Yeah. Yeah. So. I. 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 I don't know. I like Laura Dern in Marriage Story quite a bit, actually. Well, I don't know. I got to think about movie, that. Matt. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Matthew. That's true. I got to think I, about it. I will say the other thing to think about is like you know buzz and also momentum, and mm-hmm. if both J-Lo and Constance Wu aren't nominated for Golden Globes, I will eat my hat. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, well, well where are they going to campaign this? And, oh, they got to do it in comedy. They will. I think will. I think it'll be fine. I'm confident. That but here's the thing, though. I think that in order for Jennifer Lopez to be taken seriously for the Best Supporting Actress consideration... I think they need to campaign her in supporting at the I Golden agree. Globes. Well, yeah. Of course she's going to be gonna supporting. If, if they have her, if they keep going back and forth between categories, votes will go to lead, votes will go to supporting, and she won't make it through. I think they need to commit to supporting. I think she could even beat Laura Dern for the Golden Globe. This is such a Globesy performance. Even if Glo- Laura yes. Dern wins the SAG, like the, J-Lo, I'm really confident that she'll win the Supporting Globe. I think she has a better chance of winning the Supporting Globe than she does... Uh, the comedy musical globe. If she were to be in the in lead actress there, 
to be honest. I why would why would you put her in lead? I well, I, I don't understand that that thinking. This is I a am. supporting performance. It is it is in every way a supporting performance. It's a large supporting performance, but it's a supporting performance. Agreed. Like, yeah. I don't know, and especially given how you know less strong that category is this year, I don't know why you would put her anywhere else. Well, and I. I really think that this could be a SAG player because it's an it's a really early, early release. A lot of people are seeing it, and SAG nominations ever you know every year they become more and more appealing to the masses. So yeah. I actually think that this could be a Globes player. I think I could get three nominations there: Picture, um, Wu, and Lopez, and then possibly a Cast Ensemble nomination and Lopez at the SAGs. I wouldn't be oh, shocked yeah. by a SAG Ensemble just because I think yeah. after last year seeing that like. Movies that make money get in here. <laughs> I mean, this. Yep. I feel like this could be our good karma from Bohemian Rhapsody people. Yeah, <laughs> this is just this is the justice for widows vote. Like, yeah. <laughs> I agree on the SAG ensemble uh, pick. I genuinely do think J Lo. If you were to do a supporting actress lineup today, right now, I think she's in. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna and I definitely pictures. agree with whoever said that she needs to campaign in order to stay in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just think about like, you know, uh, what's what's a good example of somebody who missed the nomination because the categories Marion Cotillard in nine. OK, like, well, Weinstein put her in lead. A lot of people wanted her in supporting. It, it was back and forth. No, 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 no. And, this is not a lead. This is not a lead supporting thing. This is a you know what this is? I'm going to tell you exactly what this is. This is a, we have an industry perception of you. Yeah. And this is a movie that we, to your point, Ryan, is not really on our level for the most part, most of the time. And you're the sole nominee potentially from the movie. Potentially. Yeah. It's hard to overcome that. And I think the closest, and, and it's, a he was on the bubble with getting the nomination and then people mistakenly predicted him for the win. And I'm thinking of Sylvester Stallone and Creed. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good pro, um, comparison, actually. Yeah. Um, so do we think that the movie came out? I mean, this is the middle of September. Like, literally, I mean, do we think that the movie has come out too early for her to sustain the buzz? I no. think the category is exactly in the position it needs to be for her to lock in a slot early. Yeah. Especially since, like, given the reception that this movie has gotten so far, critics groups will very likely help her. Yeah. Imagine if it came out later and we kind of all mentally settled on a five. Yep. Yeah. She would be dead in the water. Right. I think also, like, this came out at a point where there's not a lot out right now. So it, you know, that helped it at the box office yeah. by it being, yeah. you know. So I think it being a, I think again because this movie's made money, I think it makes it more in the conversation than had it not. People asked me when I came to work the next day. Uh, they were like, "Yo, Matt, did you see Hustlers?" I was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Take take your girlfriends, go." And they were like, "And they were like, oh, absolutely, great." Matt says, "Go, go, yeah." <laughs> and you know, there's definitely, I think that it's number one. What is it? It was, it was number, number one two, uh, two after it. No, but I I've noticed in the days after it's been number one. Yeah, it has. And like, can we just say like 33 million for an opening weekend for an R-rated female-led movie about strippers? Non-franchised I mean, movie. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
it's I don't think that I mean I know people are celebrating the money, but money for the type of film and the the, the rating that for, that it received. I mean, yeah. it's a big deal. Let's. Uh, I want to just say it one more time because I think it needs to be said at least one more time. Justice for widows. Justice yeah. for widows. Justice. Like, yeah. and you know what? Maybe that the, I forget who said it just a few seconds ago. You know, had this movie come out like in November. It probably would have gotten like overcome with all the other, you know, it would have gotten lost in the shuffle. Maybe that's what happened to Widows last year. It was great and it just got lost in the shuffle. Had Widows come out in September, made a ton of money, maybe it would have gone down differently. I don't know about that. I think Widows had a problem with it, had a problem with perception. Um, People did not want to see a movie that was supposed to be fun or heist flick when it was billed by the director of 12 years a slave yeah it's it, it, yeah there were there were other the factors involved there i think going to see that i, I but, think also too, widows was all you know just also a less just a less fun movie you know because like we were saying before about how this is for everybody widows was positioned as that awards movie that's going to be for only like a few gr- demographics you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. well yeah, but regardless, it's a good point that the movie came out now. It's making money, all the attention's on it, and it will give J-Lo a great platform to ride into the fall. We'll see. And we'll see what happens. New York, It'll I, be interesting to see because STX has not really been an Oscar player before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what what they do with this now that they have a bona fide contender on their hands. Well, right. And, New the New York Film Critics Circle gave their win to Tiffany Haddish a few years ago. I, someone else said that. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I can definitely see that happening. Mm-hmm. It, it's not even them; it could be somebody else. And I just think uh, she'll be good. I think that we're it will be a fun season with her in it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I I do. All right, let's go, Casey. Where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark. Dan Bear. You can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on Film. Ryan C. Showers. You can find me at RCS818 on Twitter. And you can find me in Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Hustlers here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. And be sure to also subscribe to us on Patreon for $1 minimum a month. You can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you once again for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Jennifer Lawrence made her entrance. My theater Jennifer erupted Lawrence. in applause. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.